Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear fellow followers of Jesus, the observation has recently been made that while technology has certainly advanced the way that we keep track of time, some of our habits have actually taken a step backwards. Ask someone, outdoors or in a room without a clock, what time is it? And there's a good chance that instead of looking down, he will reach into his pocket, just as his great-grandfather would have done a hundred years or so ago, before rich wristwatches took over from pocket watches. Of course, he's reaching into his pocket for his phone, which performs so many other functions far beyond his great-grandfather's uh, imagination. But still, one of the most common things we look at our phones for is just to tell us what time it is. Or, like me, this morning, to use as an alarm to wake us up to the reality of what time it really is, which is often simultaneously both earlier and later than we like. Today we introduce the theme for our 2018 stewardship emphasis, which is appropriate to our ministry year theme, Steadfast Stewards. And while today's focus is on stewardship of the gospel, all our readings today, and especially our text from Mark, also deal with time, reminding us to be good managers of that as well. In fact, Christ links time and the gospel inseparably, not only for his ministry and mission, but also for our lives and callings. Listen for it as we read again from Mark 1. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. As Jesus was going along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, since they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat mending the nets. Immediately Jesus called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. So, what time is it? From what Jesus said and did, it was clear what he thought. It was time to get moving. John's arrest and imprisonment added an extra urgency to Christ's own ministry. It was time for the gospel of the kingdom of God. Time to preach its presence and power to call everyone to repentance and faith in God's gracious keeping of his promises of salvation. But it wasn't just a personal thing for Jesus alone, the way one person's time to get up in the morning or time to find a new job is, is different from another person's. No, he announced it to the world. The time has come. And... He involved others. 
That is perhaps the most striking or dramatic thing about this passage from Mark, Christ's calling of his first disciple. We know from John's gospel that that Simon, we also know as Peter, that Simon and his brother Andrew had already met Jesus. But they had gone back to their fishing nets some time after that. Well, Jesus had traveled and taught through Judea and Samaria and Galilee and in Jerusalem. But now the time for the gospel meant it was time for these four men to change their callings, to change them from those who tried to make a living from the water to those whose business was the water of life. Come, Jesus said. Follow me, Jesus said. I will make you fishers of men, he said. And they did it all immediately. That's an important word in the book of Mark. Immediately. It shows up in many contexts, but it shows the power of the gospel to change hearts and prompt action. Simon and Andrew, then James and John, heard Christ's call and immediately, without hesitation, doubt, or delay, they dropped everything else in order to travel at his side and be his disciples because it was time. Now other leaders had disciples and it was understood that the relationship between them was was little more than teacher and student. The job of the disciple was simply to learn everything that the master wanted to teach them. But with Jesus, right from the start, it was clear that his call was different. Oh yes, they would learn many and great things from him, but he was also calling his disciples to changed lives and to action. They would follow him, and they would become fishers of men, servants of the Lord whose new vocation included drawing in sinners to hear the good news of God's grace, bringing them up and saving them from the depths of sin, despair, and damnation. But that was then, for them. What about now, for you and us? Is it time for the gospel? Well, let's see. Are we sinners who need the good news of full and free salvation in Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Are there people around us and all throughout the world who need to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus for salvation? Certainly. Is there a need for those of us who have been made wise for salvation through the Scriptures to take that message of deliverance to those who still haven't heard it? No question. So yes, now is the time. It's time for the gospel today. But not necessarily tomorrow. Oh sure, odds are good that that tomorrow will be another day for that message and our mission. Time for any of us in whatever our callings, our vocations might be to share that message of salvation in Jesus with others. But 
But tomorrow could also be the day that Jesus returns in judgment. Tomorrow could also be the day you die, or the day that that relative you've been planning to share the gospel with but haven't gotten around to yet goes into a coma she's never coming out of. This is the reminder we heard from Paul in 1 Corinthians earlier. The time is short. We just do not know what the next day will bring. So it is important for us to remember that now is the day of salvation. It's time for the gospel today. Which definitely means that it is time for you to follow Jesus as his first disciples did because of the gospel. Peter and Andrew and and James and John did not drop everything to join his organization because he offered a, a better salary or benefits or working conditions or because the force of his personality left them no choice. No, they followed because the Holy Spirit led them to recognize in Jesus the promised Messiah and Savior of the world. And though at this point they knew few of the details and understood even less, they left their nets because of who he was and because of the good news he brought them, which was the message, the message that announced God's grace to the guilty and his mercy to those who merited his wrath. Repent, he said, because it is necessary for sinners to see themselves as sinners before they can see their need for salvation. But he always followed with, believe the gospel. And the gospel is not, though it is often misrepresented, the gospel is not just a better or more enlightened set of rules to live by. It's the opposite It's the good news that though we have broken all of God's rules, he forgives us every sin because he is gracious and loving and wants no one to be damned to hell, which is what we deserve and what he has every right to do. But neither is the gospel a message of irresponsible love that tells sinners that sin has no consequence or that the will of God is something just to be ignored. The gospel, the gospel is a message of love. Incredible, amazing, unprecedented, immeasurable love. But the gospel is that message, that good news that Jesus came, and it is what Jesus came for, to be our substitute in obeying his Father's law in every way as we never could, and to be our substitute also in suffering and in death, the worst death imaginable, taking in himself the just punishment for your and my and all the world's of all time's sins. At this point, His arrest and crucifixion were still some years off, and the disciples would have had no clue it was coming. But still, the cross was there all the time, essentially in the gospel that Jesus preached and that he called them to preach. 
because it was the essence and focus of God's gracious plan to save the world. And so we follow Jesus. Not because he's the religious figure we like most, or because he's the one our parents taught us to support and we just go along the the same way you might inherit your, your mom's and dad's favorite sports teams. We follow because of what Jesus has done for us. Because of the gospel. And like the disciples, we come to know soon enough that following is is not just a belief. It's not just a way of life. It is a call to service and to action on account of and with the gospel. It's not just a message. It is also our mission given to us by Christ himself. He entrusted this mission to the entire church, and you, being part of this church, therefore have a part of that mission, but also to each of us individually in our various callings as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, as teachers and cops and soldiers and students and whatever it might be that you have been called to in Christ He's given you the gospel, and he has placed it in your hands to use, to share, to treasure. Christ has placed into your hands something that is both precious and powerful. The good news that offers forgiveness to the guilty, that snatches the despairing from the grip of Satan, and rips open the grave to rob it of its victims. Something like that simply does not go on the shelf or get stuck in the back of the refrigerator. It is meant to be used and spread and tasted and taught. Today and tomorrow until there are no more tomorrows. It is time to share the gospel, to take the message that we have heard and trusted and invite others to heed and believe it as well. Repent. Turn from your sins as we do and turn to Jesus for forgiveness, for life and salvation. Believe the gospel of the kingdom of God. This This is what his disciples left their nets and families for. It's what Elisha left his parents and slaughtered his plow team for. It is what changed you from sinner to saint. What washed you clean in the waters of baptism. What every week you rejoice to hear and thank God for. And it is what you receive in in Christ's body and blood here on the altar. It is not just yesterday's news. And it's not a job to be put off for some tomorrow when you might somehow have more hours in your day. So be committed, firm, and resolute. Be steadfast stewards of the treasure placed in your heart and in your hands and on your lips for yourself, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, and for those who do not yet know him, whom you have the opportunity to tell. 
It is time for the gospel. Have time for the gospel. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.